0: Um, three. All right, we all good, you, you guys can see okay on your end? Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I'm not going to go through all this. You all are familiar with our copyrights. Um, as we put that ahead of everything to make sure that people know that this is not something that we are regurgitating from someone else but it is what the Lord has provided us to provide to the community. And this is our overview. And um, you all are familiar with this. Um, I'm not gonna reiterate it, but at the end of the day, I do wanna uh, reiterate that we are embracing immersion as our roots grow deep in Christ. All right, this is our contact information. Um, you can reach the Scrabble Conservatory. You can reach us here at this this email address. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com, the Scrabble Conservatory, and you can find us on the web here at this um, web address. I believe the website is still under um, a level of construction. So you might not see that just yet, but for whatever information you need and to stay abreast of what we're doing, just go to the Facebook page and you'll find uh, the information and updates there. So these are some quick announcements. For December, we're gonna continue having service throughout the, through the end of the year. Um and our of course our services start at 11:30. We we play, you know, some uh, praise and worship music uh from 11 to 11:30 just to set the atmosphere and uh prepare us as we move into our service. So you can tune in at 11, but 11:30 is the time that we start service. There will although we have Bible studies every Tuesday night at 7:30, there will be no Bible study on the 23rd. Oh, you know what, we're past that now. <laughs> So December 21st, we're not not gonna have Bible study on the 21st, so please make note of that in terms of your planning for the rest of the month. Um, We will have a virtual service on New Year's Eve at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Details are forthcoming. So again, please pay attention to the Scriber Conservatory uh, Facebook page and group as well as the Bible study page and group um, so that you are abreast of what is happening. Uh, For the Atlanta ministry, and that's just the people who are local to Atlanta and are part of the conservatory, there'll be some special outings that um, they'll be doing for the rest of the year, and that will be announced outside of this um, medium. So be on the lookout for that information. And some of that information might have even been passed on already. Uh, For uh, January of 2022, As we enter into the new year, there will be a vision casting session. And so, you know, if you can, please make yourself available for that, because we want to be in line uh, or aligned with vision as we move into the new year. We want to be prepared and aligned for that. So more information will come concerning that. So this next piece of information, I'm sure you all have seen um, some of it uh, posted on Facebook. We will be having a special session tonight. It's going to be um, a session for prophetic prayer, uh, prophetic guidance, prayer, and prophecy, for your scribal success. So if you are an artisan, a creative, a scribe, please join us um, on starting tonight. We'll have a few more sessions, as you can see there, one on January 9th, one on February 6th, all at 8 p.m. We're going to be entering into a time of just being encouraged in our scribal journey. We will receive guidance, prayer, and prophetic ministry. And and that's very necessary. Again, we, we are a community, we can't do anything and of ourselves. We need, uh, we we are interdependent. So please join us for that and be ready to receive of the Lord. If you have not already, the link is here. I know you can't click that from where you are from, but again, go to Facebook. You'll see uh, in the Scribal Prophets group, you can go ahead and register there. Now, these sessions um, do have a giving component attached to it, and that's just truly about investing in, um, you know, in your process, in your progress and in what God is doing and, um, in the community really as well. So please register for that. And I believe there, um, Prophet LA, can you correct me if I'm wrong? I believe there's a, I don't know that there's a minimum, but whatever, you know, God leads you to share or to give, uh, towards this, uh, particular session, Uh, please do so, Um, and you can again register there at that link. Lastly, uh, we want to keep in mind last week's message and the direction that we're headed in as a community. There has been uh, a true um, heralding and a continuous heralding of preparation, preparation for what is to come. so, um causing us to come into a place of stability, causing us to come into a place of surety and being able to stand because of what is uh coming down the pike in terms of what's happening round about us um nationally and worldwide so you know. Refer to that teaching. Refer to that that video. Listen intently. Also, the prophetic words that were shared that day have been posted. You can go. It's it, there. Um, I believe they were uploaded into a Google Drive. You can download them to refer to um, as you you know as we move forward into closing out the rest of 2021 and into 2022 and uh, beyond. So please keep that in mind. So I think that's all we have again um our Bible study is on Tuesdays at 7:30 p.m. please join us. And the Bible study is is for those who are not aware, that's just a little bit more um open in terms of taking, you know, a lot of time to really answer questions and provide feedback and to really dig deeper into some of the things that we teach on Sundays so that there's truly a place of understanding that we come into. So prayerfully, you'll you'll have the chance to join us on Tuesday nights. All right, and as always, please don't forget to give as the Lord leads. If you would like to give to the ministry specifically, you can do so through paypal.me at Voices of Christ. If you want to give to Apostle Teresa, uh, personally, these are three ways you can do so through P- PayPal, Venmo, or Zelly or Zell. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but you can give in those ways. So, thank you for listening to the announcements. So, we are moving into our lesson. Now, I want to make sure that I am actually recording because sometimes I forget. So, can somebody just let me know if we are good and live and recording? you good, Andrea. Great. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So this morning, we are going to be talking about a sensitive subject. And I know already that as some of you are reading the screen, it's like, oh, my goodness, mind your business. Um, let me see here. Oh, my goodness, mind your business. So, wow, that's huge because typically we think about that in terms of telling somebody else to stay out of our business we're we're getting them straight so to speak so mind your business but um we're more so going to be talking about what it means for us to mind our business and i want to come in a very different way um not just the general way but i but but the way the lord has kind of given me uh, this this first part um, is a little different it's It's, it's not necessarily uh, revelatory or something that we don't already know, but it is definitely something that needs to be reiterated and I think really uh, highlighted uh, in the time that we're in right now. So when we look at um, the phrase "Mind your business," typically we don't we don't think about the pieces of the phrase. We just think of the phrase as a whole. Um, Like I mentioned, we think about, well, if somebody is trying to kind of sashay their way into a conversation with us to try to access information that maybe they don't have any business trying to access, or maybe it's really not of any of their concern to be honest with you. And so when we think of the term mind your business, we typically think, okay, in in a broad sense but how many of you really look at that phrase and you think of the word mind i know i i don't you know when i think of the the term i think i'm sorry when i think of the phrase i think of it as a whole and not in its pieces but i'm of the belief that when we are really trying to understand something that we have to look at the pieces break it down and understand those those parts in greater depth so that we can have a fuller more stable understanding of the full um meaning so when we think of mind this is not something that that we don't know we know that our mind is not our brain because our brain is the physical part of us that you know um helps process everything, all of the different systems in our natural and our physical body. But the mind supersedes the brain in that it is intangible. It is the place where our intelligence rests, where our thoughts and our reasoning and our understanding rests, uh, where we consider, where we grapple with thoughts, where we judge a thing, where we um, where we begin to make the decisions for our daily living, whether it's um, spiritual, whether it's um, practical and even um as it pertains to our perception how we see something how we process so we know that that's what our mind is about so now that we're just reiterating what we know i want you to to be simultaneously going back to the phrase mind your business so when a person is trying to make their way into places and lanes and uh Conversations that have nothing to do with them, these are the things that are informing their decision or informing or provoking them onward into those places. Have we ever considered that? Have we ever considered that? Or do we just think, oh, they're just being nosy? As my mother would say, they just have nose trouble. But the question is what's happening in their mind? To cause them to try to butt in to a place that they don't belong or they shouldn't be, so just keep that keep that in mind so one of the one of the um, key scriptures as a, as the conservatory is Romans twelve and two and this is one of my favorite scriptures because we are we, we have been conditioned over time in our religious training and just in the world at large that Satan, the devil, um, evil spirits, um, demons, and all this kind of stuff, they are our greatest enemy. That's, you know, the, the commentary, the narrative is always referring back to Satan and demons and evil spirits and all of that. And while the, they are very real, we don't want make no mistake. They are very real, real, and we have situations we are where we are combating and we're contending with those things, but in entities. But the truth of the matter is, the greatest enemy we have is we ourselves. We ourselves, and I want to be more specific. It's our mind. This is where the battle rages the most. This is where it's the fear, the most fierce in our minds. And so, if we can't get this mind right, then everything else, every byproduct, everything that's produced is going to have something faulty going on. It's not going to be stable, it's not going to produce according to God's original plan. And so we have to, and even when you look at not just this particular verse, but when you look at the the New Testament um in great detail, and I'm talking about Acts and thereon where the the apostles are most often you see them trying to guide the body of Christ trying to guide the church in terms of how they're living how they're walking out uh their lives every day how they have grasped the truth and and whether or not they have grasped the truth and how they are actually implementing how they're actually um engaging and how they're actually uh, demonstrating and displaying likeness and image. There, I mean, all the way through, you always see the pattern of trying to bring the people of God back their their teaching back to their training back to understanding that you are a child of God and at this point in having been converted having been adopted into the family of God, having accepted him as Lord and Savior, having come into alignment with God in terms of that in agreement you have to stay on top of your mind because that is the place that is going to inform how you move forward okay so the mind is very important we cannot we cannot um deal with our minds casually casually we have to be very intent about addressing our mind. And so Romans 12 and 2 says this, and I, I, I love the amplified version. It says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, superficial, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves, you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Now I want you to look at this scripture very carefully. If you look at the last part Well, let's go to the middle where it says so that you may prove for yourselves. That is about, that speaks to minding your business, okay? That speaks to you having... Having the desire to approach God in a way that you so want to be in line with what He, what His heart is and what His intent is, that you make the, the you make the willful decision to deal with the place where the battle rages the most fierce, and you come to the place of understanding what God's intent really is, and If we look at the last part of this verse, it says in his plan and purpose for you, that you're proving that you are coming to uh, to a place of understanding that when you decide to be transformed, which happens by the renewing of your mind, that's about minding your business. In his plan and purpose for you, it didn't say in his plan and purpose for somebody else. Now, that will I I believe, and in all of our experiences, we have been, and I shouldn't say all, but a lot of us have heard God's will and purpose for other people, for situations, so on and so forth. But I believe that the first frontier, the first line of defense, the first place we have to go is to understand his plan and purpose for us first, because everything subsequent to that is going to to reflect where we stand concerning what we understand about us, right? Right. So if I don't understand who I am, if I don't understand my identity, if I have not come to a place of confidence in God concerning who he is, who I am, how in the world can I um, appropriately or precisely understand or share what his plan and purpose is for somebody else or something else? We got to deal with us first. And the the way that happens is through the renewing of our mind now listen we're still on the subject of mind your business but we're talking about purity here and that happens through the renewing of our minds so i I pray that makes sense keep that keep that in your in the back of your mind put a pin there because we are going to be um consistently referring back to this we have to renew our minds now this is our foundational scripture and it is loaded listen it is loaded 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 and I don't believe we'll be able to get through all of this today but we'll we'll hit the high points but I do want to read this word for word from the Amplified because there is so much here that we need um and and um I think it will resonate and while we you know we can read in our minds um you know, from the black and white, from the page, there's something also that happens. I think there's something additional that happens when we begin to declare the word, when we read it aloud and we allow it to resonate in us. And it it also, I think it helps to highlight some things that we might not have previously paid much attention to. So I'm going to read this Ephesians chapter four verses 17 through 24. And the word of God reads, so this I say and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as in his presence, that you must no longer live as the heathen, the Gentiles do, in their perverseness, and the folly, vanity, and emptiness of their souls, and the futility of their minds. Their moral understanding is darkened, and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated estranged and self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart to the insensitivities of their moral nature. In their spiritual apathy, they have become callous and past feeling and reckless and have abandoned themselves a prey to unbridled sens- sensuality, eager and greedy to indulge in every form of impurity that their deprived desires may suggest and demand. But you did not so learn Christ. Assuming that you have really heard him and been taught by him as all truth is in Jesus embodied and personified in him. Strip yourselves of your former nature, put off and discard your old unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and and desires that spring from delusion. Mm-mm-mm. and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature the regenerate self created in God's image godlike and true righteousness and holiness listen this again this scripture is loaded 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 but what i want you to pay attention to is How Paul set this entire situation up, this entire passage of scripture, he talks about where we were in terms of before we we came into right relationship to Christ, what our old nature was, what our desires were, how our mind was so uh, contrary to God's, so out of sync with God's, and how we have come within that place. We come to where we are not able to enter in to um, the fullness of God because of our mind. But when we say yes to God and we accept what His precious gift was was to us through the person of Jesus Christ, and we begin to not just come into the place of being saved and and taking on salvation, but when we begin to grow and mature and transform. In that understanding, um, we have taken on a new nature. And that's what happens when our mind is renewed. We're able to receive the fullness of what God has done for us, what's already secured for us, what's already been given to us, what the deposit already is, what He has already done. But when, even after we are saved and in, the body of Christ and in the family, there are times when we allow our mind to run rampant and revert back to our old nature. And when we do that, again, we enter into that same output of being closed off or closed out of what has already been secured for us. So I'm gonna move to the next slide, but I want you to keep this in mind. We're gonna return to the scripture and we're gonna break down some things, but keep it in mind. So we are talking about minding your business, but we can't mind our business unless our mind is renewed. And a renewed mind is one that operates from a place of purity. And and most of this we already know, but purity is about um, just, a pure unmixed unadulterated substance there's nothing that is in it other than what it is it is one it is singular it has no mixture okay it is something that doesn't have any unnecessary elements to it there is no contamination it is wholesome it is something that you can consume you can take in without there being any negative ramifications or results, it is untainted, hallelujah, it is untainted by anything, it is because it's wholesome and it's perfectly in tune and it and it produces a clear tone. And um, also the Hebrew word for purity, these are the various meanings of purity and I have highlighted some things here that I really want us to pay attention to. Purity is is not just about being clean because we have our own understanding of what clean means. I'll, I'll give you an example, and I don't want to. I hate to throw my daughter under the bus, but <laughs> when back when she was a um, like preteen, moving into her uh, mid teens, you know, I, we would tell her to go clean her room, and it would it would just be crazy. It would just be a mess. And when she let us know, she cleaned the room and we go in there. And while she had done some work in the room, she had moved the pile of stuff or all of the just upheaval to different locations. And to her, it was clean because it didn't look like it previously looked, but it was still not clean to the standard that was expected so we can we, we can be clean according to a certain standard but the question is are we pure and clean according to god's standard and i love this one where purity is about being clear there's a there, When you're clear, there's you're translucent, which means there's nothing that has contaminated you. There's nothing that has clouded your judgment. You are able to see clearly through what is happening beyond what is before you in the moment, and you're able to, to process. Your mind is so clear that you're able to process what's happening after that. Through that, around it, you are clear and you are not hindered in your forward mobility because there is clarity. Purity produces, I'm sorry, yes, purity produces clarity, okay? And all these other things, it means that you're justified, you're bright, you have been purged, you're polished. So you can see when something is polished, you can actually see the proper reflection in it. It is tested and proven when you're pure. You are able to flow unhindered. You are able to run free in the parameters that God has set. You are at liberty. The Bible declares who the Son has set free is free indeed. When you operate out of a pure mind, you are able to move without restraint or restriction, again, within the parameters of God. There is no hindrance. There is no reluctance. There is no fear. There is no um, hesitation. There is no reservation. You are free to roam about the kingdom, doing what God says do, minding your business. When you are operating from a pure mind, a renewed mind, that means you have been beaten out and and pounded fine. Mm -mm 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 -mm. That goes to being tested and proven, which means you have You have intentionally said, Lord, yes. I understand that this is not going to be easy. I understand that this is not going to be my way all the time. I understand that this is not going to feel good. I understand that this is not going to be, always be comfortable for me, but I submit myself to be proven and purged and pounded fine in the name of Jesus, that I am able to mind my business according to what you have given me to do in this earth. And we understand that when we come to that place that it is not something that is casually entered into it is not something that um, is inexpensive so to speak when you talk about saying yes to God when you talk about entering into a place of purity it is very costly I hope you're hearing what I'm saying you are going to have to give up some things you're gonna to have to give up your expectations you're gonna to have to give up what you thought it should look like you're gonna to have to give up what you think it should be. You're going to have to give up what you think it should sound like and how you think it should turn out. You are going to have to enter into a very costly um, exchange. When you decide that you want to mind your business according to God's way, it requires purity. And this is phenomenal. When we operate from a pure mind, we understand that we are exempt from obligation. Hallelujah religion has conditioned us and trained and taught us that we have to check boxes. We have to pray a certain way. We have to pray at a certain time. We have to go to so many services. We have to dress a certain way. Our hair has to be a certain way. Our skirt length has to be a certain way. We can only play this kind of music in the house. We can only sing this type of song in the house. We can only preach a message. We we can't you can't do anything outside of a traditional message that people only come to know God through a certain way and we are and we begin to feel obligated we begin to feel like we have to do these things to be in right relationship with God but when we operate from a clear mind when we operate from a place of purity and our minds is, are in the right place we understand that we are exempt from obligation. We are exempt from obligation to any of those things that be not of God, hallelujah. We are innocent and in purity, we are refined and God in our beating out and being pounded fine and submitting to the costly process, we become fit to bear fruit, hallelujah, and not just fruit, but fruit that will remain. Being pure is about being sincere and being pure is about the wine. Come on! If we go over, it's not coming to my mind. But when we talk about new wine skins, it it, it, for the new wine. It's about the purity of it. And this, I'll just end this part with this. Purity also means to shut up and to close. What in the world does that mean? What it means is that we have reserved to shut up and close off anything that is contrary to our purity to our being able to mind our business to being able to do what god has called and created us to do we shut the door our purity it, it, it not only does it allow us to flow in, in a place out of a place of liberty but it also simultaneously causes us to shut everything down that isn't conducive to forward progression in God. We shut it down. We silence it in the name of Jesus. We close the door, we deny access when we operate out of a clear mind and a pure mind. I hope this is making sense. Now, this purity, the purity as I've been talking about, as it pertains to minding your business, it, it establishes, the purity establishes these things. And, and of course, it I'm sure it, it establishes many other things, but these are the three that has stood out to me. And the three are these. Purity of mind establishes our perspective of God, how we see him. Now, I love the fact that we have for the last two months, we've been learning about the life of God. And it's given us a different uh, perspective of how we see him and how we perceive certain things. A lot of things fell off of a lot of us. And we, we, we have new eyes now. Um, but out of that purity, that purified place, we were able to see we have a different perspective of God. And then not only that, because we have a different perspective of God now we have a we have a palate for him we have a palate for him we have an appetite for his ways if we look at um if we look at David and we look at the songs i mean they are full i mean overflowing with moments where he's like lord teach me your ways show me your precepts Teach me uh, your will. Teach me how to navigate. Teach me how to walk. Teach me how to talk. Teach me how to move forward. Teach me how to display your heart. Teach me your pre. Teach me. He he had an appetite for God. He wanted God. He wanted God to be display on display. He wanted his life to speak to who the person of God is. He had an appetite for what God wanted. He wasn't he he wasn't um enamored when he was in that particular place of purity and soundness of mind he wanted what god wanted hallelujah and so this is what purity of mind brings us to we begin to have an appetite for god we see him right we want to do what he has we have an appetite for his ways and then it helps us to better understand our posture in him it doesn't establish our posture because our posture, we are sons, that's that's just it, and that's just all, but this, what I'm talking about here, in terms of your posture in God, it helps us to better understand, so that we, we are properly in place, and demonstrating him according to relationship, and not religion, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about our posture in God. See, when we have a pure mind, when we have a clear mind, when, when, we, when we come from that place, there's a, there's a confidence, hallelujah, that rests in us, that as we move forward, even in whether it's spiritual things or just normal, natural, regular, everyday things, there's a confidence in us out of our sonship that allows us to move in precision and with great accuracy so that the communities that we are a part of are are blessed. They are blessed because we know who God is. And they are blessed because we know who we are and we've been we've been we've been feeding that hunger, hallelujah about the appetite. And so we are we are well equipped to be able to contribute appropriately to every place that we are, where we find ourselves. This is what purity does and how it contributes to us minding our business. Now, I have a graphic here that, uh, thank the Lord, he allowed me to build because I wanted to show you um, by just graphically what it looks like, what he desires for us, right? So we begin from a place of being predisposed. You know, Adam and Eve, they did what they did. And so mankind was, but we, we, we are inherently sinful. Our sin and our old nature, that comes from our predisposed situation. And this is how we start. And then from there, you have life that begins to happen, right? We have experiences. We have encounters. We have things that um, begin to happen to us. Um, And in the midst of, of life happening, opinions begin to surface. Opinions of men, whether it be your parents, whether it be yourself. Whether it be siblings, whether it be cousins and other family members, whether it be your church family, even if it's people in your workplace, even as children, children can be so, so mean, even other children as you were growing up, they have, they have established opinions and has established opinions about you, and so life is happening. And you begin to, you begin to establish pre- specific expectations, whether it be your own or those that you've taken on from other people. Your education, K through 12, even if you did preschool or pre-K, you go on to college and postgraduate studies and you know online learning, all these different places where we begin to get educated. And listen, even the church is a place of education. Um, and then we, we get conditioned by religion. So life is happening. We, we have all these experiences, good or bad, and indifferent and everything in between. So you have your predisposal, your sin nature and old nature. You have life that has occurred. All of that God expects to be filtered through Christ, who is the word, the door, the way, the light, the vine. All of those things are supposed to be filtered through Christ And everything that comes past that filter, past Christ, is going to produce God's will. I hope you see and understand what this graphic is communicating. Everything that happened to you up to this point and everything that happens to you after this point it's, it's it, it, it wasn't all good, it wasn't all great, but it's okay because so long as a son of God, you allow Christ to filter those things and allow the good, allow the noble, allow the pure, allow the things that are of good report, allow the things that are conducive to God's will to come through, we know that the end result, we understand that the output, we understand that at the end of the day, it will be God's intent. That's what this is supposed to look like. That is what happens when we, um, when we say yes, when we align with and we operate out of a pure mind, out of the place of purity. This is how it what it looks like when we appropriately mind our business. And so this one is what it looks like when we don't. I've explained the predisposal. I've explained what happens in life. What happens is we take our predisposed situation. And we take life and its experiences and all its expectations and all those things. And we try, we literally make them the filter. I hope y'all hearing what I'm saying. We make everything else mixed with Christ the filter. And when we do that, when we are operating out of an unrenewed mind, out of a place of, of, of impurity, we begin to produce everything you see to the right. There are some things that might come through a little bit that that is God's will, but it's not as effective. It's not the fullness. You know how, how the Bible says that we, we out of the traditions of men, we make the word of no effect. And and God's word and will does come through, but it just just doesn't have the potency sometimes that it should, because we have replaced Christ as as the singular, pure filter with everything else, and we begin to get a mixture. We begin to get a mixture, a little bit of God and a little bit of our will and a little bit of other people's stuff and a little bit of what happened to us. And we 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 operate out of this place of, of, a, of a skewed identity. We we have determined that what has happened to us is who we are. And so now we're not gonna have any good relationships. Now we ain't never gonna be married. Now we ain't never gonna have no money. Now we always gonna work, we're gonna work to the day we leave earth. We have all this stuff. Everybody that comes into my life, they lying to me. Everybody. Uh, I, I, that comes into, comes my way. I can't trust them. Everything is filtered through this bogus, crazy, clouded filter that shouldn't be, and then it produces all this mixture. God is singular. God is pure. He is clear. He is holy, and that is what he has called us to. But we've flipped the script, and this is what we do when we do not allow for the renewed mind to come forth, when we don't allow our minds to be pure. And so with those graphics and understanding what God expects, and I'm gonna go back so you can see, not just expects, but what, what he wants for us. This is what he wants for us. All of the stuff to the left, is. It's reality. It's what it's, it's what happens. We can't act like it doesn't happen. Uh, a lot of people who, who swear they're walking by faith, what they try to do is they try to act like this, th- this left side doesn't exist. No, that's not correct. That's not true. All of this does exist and things will continue to exist. But so long as we keep Christ as the filter, every output will be what God intends. So this is what God wants and what how God sees but this is what we've made it so understanding those two different very different scenarios let's look again at ephesians 4 17 through 24 so we t- it goes on to talk about the futility of the mind and the foolishness and emptiness of their souls this is what happens when we operate out of our unrenewed mind and our old nature we we operate out of, of out of foolishness and emptiness of soul. When you talk about foolishness, some of the stuff that you have seen, I have seen on Facebook, on social media, even crossing the, the, the TV screen through the news um, mediums and platforms, things we're reading in the newspapers and in magazines, things we're hearing on the radio. We have, and in our life experiences again, we are engaging in the foolishness and it causes our soul to be empty and wanting because we have not appropriately established Christ as our filter. This is why we can't mind our business because we're too busy in foolishness and the emptiness of our souls. That emptiness causes us to crave something. It's truly craving God, but we fill it with things that will never satisfy. And it goes on to talk about understanding being darkened with 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 the conditioning of the world. The Bible in Romans 12 and 2 tells us to be not conformed to this world, the desires and the things of it. We are in the midst of it, but we are not called to it. We're not called to be part of it in terms of taking it in. People try to twist the Bible and say, when it says, uh, um, when it says to come out from among them, it, they try to twist it to mean you don't need to be involved with them. You don't need to be in they, their company. That is not true. Let me strike that down in the name of Jesus. What it means is do not take in their mindset, do not take on their perception, do not take on and begin to allow it to be part of who you are. Go back to the definition of purity when it talks about part of it means to shut up and to close. God is calling us to close off these things, but our old nature and all of our past, when we are not in a pure place, it causes our understanding to be darkened and our reasoning to be clouded. There are times when we are very clear on things, and then there's times where we have listened to something so much that we begin to believe the lies. We begin to believe the lies, we begin to believe the deception, we begin to embrace all of the stuff that other people have said about us and then we come to the place where we start even thinking it's true and we begin to rehearse it over ourselves we begin to um to take on this negative countenance and the negative self uh narrative and commentary and, and and it paints the picture of our reality And what happens when we do that, we alienate ourselves and we banish ourselves from the life of God. For the last two months, we've been learning about the life of God. But when our mind is not pure, we cannot enter in. We cannot share in his life. And a lot of times it's, be, it's willful. This is the, the part that breaks my heart. And it's not just one person or another. We all have to stand and, and process this. We all have done this. I'm not above reproach and me, nobody else is. We, we, there are times when we have willfully, we have been ignorant willfully. And we have been blinded willfully, not because God hasn't sent the preacher or the teacher to impart, not because we don't have access to information, not because we don't have entrance into the throne room to hear from God, not because of any of those things, because the Bible declares that God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So we have what we need. But we have willfully been ignorant and willfully been spiritually blind. And it's been deep-seated because we have have held on to the things on the left side of those graphics with with a pit bull grip. Because we don't know, even as hard as it is, even as foul as some of the things are that happen to us, even as much as we get aggravated and frustrated, even as much as, 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 it, as it kills us, it, it, it devastates us, we hold on to it because we don't know. It's familiar. And we're, we feel better in familiar in pain and agony than we do in liberty and uncertainty. I hope y'all hear what I'm saying. We would rather hold on to the comfort zone because we know it, even though it's killing us, than to let go of the comfort zone, go into a place of uncertainty, go into the place that um, hasn't been cultivated or we don't understand what is on the other side of this because we want to be comfortable. So that's willful. That's willful. But we got to come out of that. We got to come out of this hardness of heart and insensitivity. We got to be postured to be pure so that we can mind the business that God gave us. Hallelujah. And it goes on to talk about um, being callous and unfeeling. The the Bible has warned us that in 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 the last days, people's hearts will wax cold. And, I, and right here, I'm not talking about everybody else. I'm talking about examining you. Where are you callous? Where are you unfeeling? Where do you see the sufferings of other people? Where do you see your own suffering? And it's just like, oh, I'm indifferent. Oh, well, this is, this is my lot. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I deserve because of the sins of the past. I'm just doomed to to hell uh, in, 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 in my reality. I'm just doomed to to not being prosperous. I'm just doomed to never being productive or finishing a project. I'm just doomed to being always needing to ask for help and assistance. I'm just doomed, this is the callous and unfeeling heart where you have allowed your predisposed situation and your life experiences to dictate what your filter is. You have allowed that to become your filter. And they have given themselves over to unbridled sensuality. I wanna deal with this real quick. I know I only have a few minutes left, but I wanna deal with this real quick. If you can go over to James 4, 1 and 3, and I wanna read that. James 4, 1 through 3. What leads to strife, discord, and feuds? And how do conflicts, quarrels, and fightings originate among you? Do they not arise from your sensual desires? that are ever warring in your bodily members, you are jealous and covet what others have and you desi- And your desires go unfulfilled. So you become murderers. To hate is to murder as far as your hearts are concerned. You burn with envy and anger and are not able to obtain the gratification, the contentment and the happiness that you seek. So you fight and war. You do not have because you do not ask. Or you do ask God for them and yet fail to receive because you ask with the wrong purpose and evil selfish motives. Your intention is when you get what you desire to spend it in sensual desires. Listen, in sensual pleasures. Listen, so many people equate sensuality and sensual desires to sexual. That's part of it. But do you know That sensuality is about your senses. It's about um, your your soul, your feelings, your emotions, all those things. It includes all those things. So you might not not have a problem in the area of sense. You might have a problem with wanting somebody else's stuff or looking at somebody else's success and and, and saying to yourself, Lord, I, I, I want what they got. I wish I was as good as them. I wish I could pray, pray the roof down, pray the house down like them. I wish I could be as revelatory as them. I wish I could, I wish I could write like so and so. I wish I looked like so and so. I wish I had what so and so has. Your sensuality is unbridled when you don't have a pure mind, and it causes you not to be able to produce the will of God, and you're craving. Uh, 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 and, And when you are operating out of that, that unregenerated mind, when you're operating out of your soul, your senses, your emotions, you are indeed your, your, your appetite is for impurity and then you produce things that are impure. And listen. The word goes on to say, but you did not learn Christ in this way. This is huge. I want y'all to go back and, and really take a look at this part of the scripture. Paul is telling them that you, he, he's given all this, all this information heretofore. Then you see him say, but you did not learn Christ in this way. So what that tells me is that some people have learned Christ through sensuality man i i I don't know if you understand what i'm saying here paul is telling them you did not learn christ in this way you didn't learn christ uh in terms of being callous and unfeeling you didn't learn christ in being willfully ignorant and spiritually blind christ has nothing to do with hardness of heart and insensitivity of heart christ has nothing to do with foolishness and emptiness of soul or reasoning being being clouded or the futility of the mind christ has nothing to do with that paul emphatically tells them you did not learn christ in this way in fact If if in fact you have heard him and have been taught by him, just as truth is in Jesus, revealed in his life and personified in him that regarding your previous way of life, this is what you learn from Christ to put off that old stuff. To disregard your former nature, what you was, what you were predisposed to, this is what we have learned. This is the purity. this is how we are capable and able to mind our business. Our old nature is being corrupted through deceitful desires. And we have to be, so, so what that means is because of that, we have to truly step into who we are, and we have to continually be renewed in the spirit of our mind. The reason that says continually is because we live in a real world with real things happening, with real things going on, with real things impacting us, affecting us, and infecting us, So we have to constantly go back to this. Let me go back. We have to constantly revisit. We have to constantly revisit Romans 12 and two. We have to constantly remember and and, and remind ourselves. Every teacher on the line understands that reiteration is about helping people learn. This is why it says continually. We have to continually consistently renew our minds because it is where the greatest battle rages. And it, it 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 is the place where if we can rein it in, then we can truly be effective. We can truly demonstrate God in this Christ in this earth. We can truly reflect image and likeness. And it goes on to tell us to put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image in the righteousness and holiness of truth, living in a way. Listen, this is demonstration. Part of the word that was shared last week was that it is demonstration time and it's distribution time living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. When we live to please God, and we're not talking about trying to earn your way into his good graces. We're not talking about your works. We're talking about the alignment of your mind with his will, which again, purity helps establish how we see God, how our appetite for him, and then how we posture ourselves in our sonship. Are living in a way that expresses our gratitude for him for salvation. When you wake up in the morning, are you grateful? I'm not talking in a religious way and it don't have to even be the morning, so to speak. But when you, is any time during the day, are you just grateful to God? Are you just grateful for what he's done for you? Are you grateful for what he's doing through you? Are you grateful? Does your life speak that? Does your life herald your gratitude? Does your life herald your gratitude to God for who he is? Does your life demonstrate an appetite that is for God and not your own desires? Does your living express your relationship of true sonship? Does your living do all of these things? If it does, then it means that you are operating out of a pure mind and you're able, you are truly able to mind your business. But if you're not, there's some work to be done and we all have work to do. Maturity is our portion, but God is not going to force it on us. We have to want it. We have to put, we have to engage and, and we talked about this in times past. It is not just about being involved. You're just showing up to show up. You have to engage and invest in your own success. You have to do that. God is not going to do that. I hope y'all hear what I'm saying. So in closing, I could I, I could do a whole lot more. But in closing, I just have a couple of questions. What is the condition of your mind and what is it producing? One of the things that I love that Apostle Teresa has been doing for a long time now, there are various things that she'll post. And one of the hashtags is building cities. And um, when you think about building cities, it really requires the right mind and the right mindset and the right focus it requires a it requires all of that but if you go back to the graphics i showed you if we are doing things according to god's framework we will produce cities and build cities that have fresh wind that are clear that are conducive to for progression that are pr- conducive to the demonstration of likeness and image. But if we are operating out of an impure mind, we are all up in everybody else's lane. We are doing everything we want to do and nothing concerning what God wants us to do. We begin, to, we're building cities. I'll tell you what, regardless of what mind you operating out of and regardless of whether you mind your business or somebody else's, there is some building going on. And so when you operate out of a pure mind, when I operate out of a pure mind, when we operate out of a a pure mind, we produce God's heart and intention. But on the other side of that, when we don't, we are building cities that are contaminated. We are building dwelling places that will kill people. We are building edifices spiritual and natural that are causing people to get sick, that are causing people to die. And so this is why this is critical. You have got to get a hold. I have got to get a hold. We have got to get a hold on our minds because it is the place that is going to help us. It is This is one of the greatest pieces. That will help us mind our business so that we can truly advance the kingdom of God and we can truly demonstrate and display who Christ is. I know y'all get tired of hearing the same thing over and over and over and over again, and sometimes it, it, it can get hard to keep saying the same thing because you sometimes you feel like people are going to tune you out but when I tell you when there is a a, a call when there is a, com, a, a conviction when there is a provocation you have to warn you have to exhort you have to tell exhortation and encouragement doesn't just have to be you're going to get this you're going to get that the exhortation and the encouragement and the comfort is that you got to do what God says do because it will produces intent so i'm reiterating this is not just prophet andrea this is this is the heart of the conservatory this is the heart of the community immersion purity transformation the image and likeness this is what this is about maturity maturity what is the condition of your mind, and what is it producing. I pray that the Lord spoke to everyone where they are and that this has been a clearing call and that there's a provocation for action. And again, not in the way of trying to earn something, but out of the appetite for God that you want to produce him. Hallelujah. God bless you. I'm gonna stop the um, screen sharing and we can go into questions. Um, Please make sure that you give if if, um, God so leads you. So I'm gonna stop sharing and we can go into the questions. Um, Stop recording.